on the shore. We're live on the shore. Trying the Zoom again. Played with the technology a little bit more and hopefully it worked. And hopefully that music came in clean. If not, then we're going to start here. It's on the shore. Right? See, what the, what we call that, Evan, is saving our butts or your butt in editing later. So that's going to be nice. Evan Capozzi here with Lucas Moore on the shore. We are not live for you, but live for us, because how else are we going to do this? The Friday before the NFL season, we almost got a pot in before the opening game last night. I I took the Bucks straight up. I also took them minus nine and a half. That clearly didn't happen. Really fun way to open the NFL season last night, Evan. Oh, it was an it was an electric first game, and, and you really couldn't ask for anything better. You have storylines all over the place. A forty four year old Tom Brady coming in and doing what he did. Dak Prescott out of his injuries, he looks great. It was it was a great way to start the year. Yeah, and it, honestly, with the amount of wide receiver talent that's coming in the league right now, Evan, it just it looked like to me it was the future of the NFL. Right, each team had. I mean, there were six high quality receivers on the field last night. Um. I mean, you've got CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper. On the other end, you've got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, um, and Antonio Brown, who, uh, honestly, Antonio Brown was on pace to be the greatest receiver since Jerry Rice um, before he ended up with Oakland slash Vegas and had that whole thing happen with his foot. So I think it was just a great demonstration of what the NFL can and will be in the future. Today's show, we're going to go through our predictions division by division. We'll do that pretty quickly. And then we'll go through the spreads for the weekend. And that's going to be our opening show. Just going through the NFL. Nothing specifically Chicago today other than, Evan, I just want to get you on the record of what you think the plan should be for Justin Fields. Since it's your first time and on the shore and the season hasn't started yet, I feel like this is a major Chicago sports opinion. I want to make sure you get yours out there. What should the Chicago Bears do with Justin Fields? With Justin Fields, my opinion I don't think he's ready to be thrown into the fire just yet. I think that he will benefit greatly off of being able to sit behind Andy Dalton, uh, an established veteran who can can he can win games for the Bears. I'm not saying he can't. I don't think they're going to be the greatest team, you know, you know, at any point this year with him on the field necessarily. But I think that uh, Fields will benefit from sitting behind him, watching him, watching how he goes about things during the regular season. Because let's be honest, the regular season is is, is much different than the preseason. So so for Fields to sit behind Dalton and watch his, his weekly routine, how he prepares for these teams in regular season games, it's going to benefit him a lot. And so I think, uh, I think he's going to be better off sitting to start the year. But I think Matt Nagy should stick with a decision. If he's going to start Dalton... Then and start Dalton's. You know, keep up with it. Don't start Dalton for two, three games, and then throw Fields in there. Give Dalton some time. Let Fields watch and let him soak up all these details about the NFL. And uh, I think that's the best plan. Yeah, and the the thing I want to emphasize to Bears fans is that both decisions have their merits. And it, the wonderful thing about Chicago sports media is they love to pretend that whatever the consensus thought is, is the most obvious thing ever. How could you not start Justin Fields week one? How could you not start Justin Fields week one? And it's kind of like, it's not that definitive of an argument, guys. It's really not. Uh, Justin Herbert didn't start week one last year. And I, I think that ended up okay for the Chargers. And then they'll say, well, they would have maybe made the playoffs and he probably should have been starting week one. Yeah, I get that. But it's not cut and dry. It's not guaranteed, and Andy Dalton isn't a bum. He's not a bum. 
He's not Mike Glennon. And, and I know Justin Fields isn't Mitchell Trubisky, but I, I just think that the Bears fans' approach to this topic and subject, Evan, is going to make it so much harder for the Bears organization to properly execute. And it's going to make it harder for Justin Fields. It's going to make it harder for Andy Dalton. And it's just not a great recipe. And I, I think Chicago fans should look into themselves and go, why haven't we had a great quarterback? Is it only the organization? Is it only the guys we've had in here? Or is this probably the hardest job in the NFL, which is Chicago Bears quarterback, because of the way the position is scrutinized in the city? Now, luckily for Chicago fans, Evan, I think that Justin Fields is exactly the guy to be able to handle that type of pressure. Uh, I think he is the perfect quarterback for the Chicago Bears. I think he's going to be excellent. But Chicago fans and media, they're definitely not going to make it easy for him. And I think that is that is what it is, Evan. I, I'm not sure there's any way to avoid that, but I will continue to complain about it. Um, as a guy that came from a small market, it's much easier for teams to be surprises and, and have positive things happen when you're a little quiet on things that aren't definitive one way or the other. I think it hit the nail, you know, on the head, it, it, Chicago Bears fans and Chicago media, me being one of them, we tend to over-exaggerate and over, uh, you know, look at things in a way that other fans don't. We tend to look at things and we freak out on the smallest things, but that's part of being a Bears fan because that's the only way that we know. So when you see a quarterback, you know, come in in a situation, you know, like this one, and he's shown talent in the preseason and, he, you know, everybody's all hyped up because he's a first-round draft pick, you know, we want him to start. Even though we may know that's not the best, you know, route right now, the, the fans and the media are going to be pressuring uh, a coaching staff, especially like a coaching staff like this one with Matt Nagy, a guy who has been, you know, on the hot seat, some could say, or, you know, under fire recently. Um, they're going to want field to start, and they're going to make a big deal about it. And so, in hindsight, it's always twenty twenty. So, you know, we could see a situation like the Chargers, like you mentioned, where they have Herbert start, and they're like, oh, we could have made the playoffs. If that happens with the Bears, then all you're going to hear is if, if Fields had started from week one, this would have been this and blah, blah, blah. But that's how Chicago media and Chicago fans are. Me being one of them, I, I, I'll i take responsibility for it. But that's how we owe That's how we roll. Yeah, I get it. And that's why the team's so popular. And that's why I think the most popular position in sports, we just don't know it yet, is the Chicago Bears starting quarterback, the star quarterback of the Chicago Bears. It's literally a position or a role in sports that's never happened. There has never been a star Chicago Bears quarterback. And the levels of fame and wealth that Justin Fields could reach in this city by being an MVP-level quarterback, it's frankly unimaginable to me. I mean, look at how famous Patrick Mahomes is in Kansas City. Folks out in Missouri making Patrick Mahomes a world superstar. Now imagine if the Chicago Bears were in the Super Bowl. I mean... When I go to Germany, Evan, and this is a great story, I've got a lot of family in Germany, about exactly half of my family in Germany, and they don't know anything about football, most of them. But when I mention American football, or I mentioned maybe like I was going to move to Chicago, oh, Chicago Bears, 1985. Chicago Bears, 1985. Chicago Bears. They're world famous. They are known around the world. And if they have a star quarterback that's got a brilliant 1,000-watt smile like Justin Fields does, um. They could be, it would be the most famous, I think, athlete on planet Earth um, if he did it for about five or six years. That's the situation he finds himself in. Plenty of money available for Justin Fields um, in this 
Very, 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 very wealthy city. Okay, NFC North. Let's go ahead and get into these predictions real quick, Evan. Since we're talking about the Bears, how do you have the NFC North shaking out? Yeah, so uh, I think that I have the NFC North shaking out a pretty similar way as a lot of people do. Uh, the Packers, I think, are going to win the division. Uh, the Vikings, I think, are a good enough roster where they can, you know, fight for a wild card in the NFC. They'll be second. The Bears are, I think, they'll be an average team this year. Um, you'll see ups and downs, I think, from them. The Lions are, are, are quite honestly the worst team in the division, uh, maybe the worst team in football uh, to some people. But uh, the, the the one thing that stands out for me uh, in this division, uh, Green Bay Packers. Okay, I, I as a Bears fan, I you know my biggest rival, the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, and all of them over there. Rodgers and Adams, when you have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, who are both most likely as of right now not going to be playing in a Green Bay Packers uniform next season. When I tell you I think that they could be the most dominant duo in the NFL this year, I I mean that. I think that these two, they already have one of the the top connections in the NFL from a quarterback to a a wide receiver standpoint. quite honestly record setting years as far as duo numbers go and I think the Packers are going to be they might be the best team in the NFC not just the NFC North but the NFC in general so uh, I think that, that look for them to have a big year Rodgers and Adams especially yeah and you know Aaron Rodgers is trying to do this it's the last dance thing um, and I have the division shaking out the exact same way you do Packers Vikings Bears and Lions so I think the Packers are going to win the division but, you know, Aaron Rodgers like, ooh, the last dance. Remember he made that comparison? Well, guys, remember the 97-98 Bulls won seven less games than the 96-97 Bulls. It was actually a, a struggle of a regular season for the 1997-1998 Bulls. That's why there was kind of some drama as we approached the postseason. That's why that documentary was so great. So I, I think the Packers are going to be dealing with the same thing of they're very good, they're very talented, I just don't know if it's going to be another perfect regular season like they've had the last two years. I mean, they've been fairly flawless in the regular season. I think there's going to be some bumps in the road, so maybe not a 12-13 win team, but still the division winner nonetheless. Because the Vikings, to me, have potential to be a top-five pick in the draft. They also have the potential to make the playoffs. There's a lot I don't trust there. The Bears, to me, feel really solid in the 500 range. I don't think they have the offensive line to go beyond that. And I just think they're pretty much a 500 team. So that's how I have the division shaking out. And then the Lions, the worst team in football. You said it. Evan. Okay, AFC South. Let's move on. I want to make sure we get through all of these. So we're going to try to move a little pace. So sorry if we roll over your team. AFC South. I have it this way, Evan. Titans, Colts, Jaguars, Texans. Titans, Colts, Jaguars, Texans. How do you have the division shaking out? One to four. I have the same way, except I give the tiebreaker to the Titans. I think they're going to be the division winner at the end of the year. Although I think that both the Titans and the Colts will have the same record. That's what I have as far as you know this goes. But I think the Titans win uh, some head-to-head matchups between them, and I think they take they get the best of the division there. Um, I think the Titans are, are are their offense is going to be great. Their offense is going to be great. I think Julio Jones um, is a, was a great addition because now teams really can't stack the box. They can't stack the box against Derrick Henry because you got Julio and A.J. Brown on the outside. They're going to do damage there. I think the Titans are going to end up winning the division. I think the Colts are going to be right up there neck and neck with them. Uh, the Jags, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be the rookie of the year. Uh, I think he's a great talent. and uh, I think they have an okay roster, actually. I don't love their defense. They have playmakers I like on offense. LaVisca Chenault, a guy I think can make some plays this year. Um, 
the ETN loss was big because I thought he was going to have a big year. Uh, the Texans are they're a mess. I mean that they're they they might be the worst situation in football. They they may not have the worst roster. They got some veterans who can who can do a little bit, but they're going to be a, a, a two three win team at best in my opinion. So uh, that's how I got the AFC South going. Yeah, to me the Jaguars should be a last place team in this league. Um, I don't agree with the rookie of the year, Trevor Lawrence, either. Um, I just think it's a lot of a difficult situation to overcome for Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. I don't trust Urban Meyer at all. Um, I, I think we forget that Urban Meyer was a recruiter. Urban Meyer was a CEO. I don't know if that's necessarily going to make him the greatest NFL coach, and it's not something that's worked significantly in the past. So, uh, The Titans, to me... They wouldn't be a first-place team in many other divisions. In fact, I don't think they'd be a first-place team in any other division except the NFC East. And the reason for that is the Titans can't stop a good quarterback. They can't stop a great quarterback. They lost to Joe Burrow last year because they couldn't rush the passer. The Titans didn't get a single sack against the Bengals' offensive line that had five new starters on it. So the Bengals' offensive line, much maligned, had five new starters Titans lost that game last year. Remember, their defensive line couldn't get any pressure. I don't think they fixed that in a year. The lucky thing for them, though, the best quarterback they'll face this year is probably Trevor Lawrence in his rookie year. So that that's really beneficial for the Titans, and that's why I think they'll be winning the AFC South. And if it weren't for the Texans, I think the Jaguars are going to be a 3-4 win team. I like the Colts, but I don't like Carson Wentz. Okay, AFC North, how do you have it shaken out? I have it Ravens, Browns, Steelers, Bengals. But I have every team finishing above 500. I'm a little bit different. I got Browns, Ravens, Steelers, Bengals. I think the Browns have a, a very, very good roster. I love their defense. Their offensive line is, I think, the best in the league. Um, I think Baker Mayfield, honestly, I think he takes a step this year. I think that he really – it doesn't – he's established himself last year as kind of a game manager type of quarterback where he doesn't do too much. He turns the ball over, but not to an you know, crazy – takes a little as a passer um and for me the ravens i love their roster too but the injury bug we saw it yesterday i mean we saw it you know in the afternoon yesterday i lost both gus edwards and marcus peters um i think i still think they have a good roster i think i still think that they're a playoff team um but i have them being a step behind cleveland uh pittsburgh i think is the is the is the big story in this division i think that ben roethlisberger uh really takes a step back i think he regresses to the point where we kind of realize as fans that he he's he's approaching the end he's he's almost there um i think you didn't realize that last year well right scramble i think we're approaching the end here it's just about whether he's standing on the cliff or hanging off of it that's that's kind of the question with big ben I think so too, but when they have an eleven and zero start, it's kind of like okay, you know, we see that this guy is almost there, but he's eleven and zero. So you know that whole, and then they had that collapse towards the end of the year, the playoff game, and everything like that. But I think that this year it's like okay, he, he's he's just about he's about done. I think that that's going to really take a toll on this team much more than it did last year. I think the defense is good. T.J. Watt got a big contract yesterday. Um, but I, I I don't see them getting in the playoffs. I think that they're 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 below a wild card team. I think that's how badly they regress. And then the Bengals. I think the Bengals could be a good team, but I think Joe Burrow is going to start slow. I know that people like yourself, you know, big Joe Burrow uh, guy. I think he's going to start slow. I think he's going to. I think he'll find it. I think he'll find it, but I think that the first few games it's going to take him a little while to, yeah. to kind of adjust. And well, so I, I think that I, may I, end up costing him. And I can't argue with that, Evan. 
and I'm not sitting here gonna gonna stand on the table and argue that he's gonna start slow. He says he won't though, and he's a very honest guy. Um, I think that's the number one thing about Joe. And then you'd say, oh, what else? What he would say? But I don't know. He's been kind of honest. He was honest about his mental struggles early in camp. So I think we'll find out. I think after a half uh, this weekend, the opinion on the Cincinnati Bengals could radically change. That's the thing. I feel like out of any other team in the league, and I'm looking through the list, I yeah, to me, the Bengals have the biggest range of outcomes in the NFL because there is so much uncertainty in so many places. They have the biggest range of outcomes. They could be a four-win team. They could be a 13-win team. I, I think that's all on the table for the Cincinnati Bengals this year. Um, but I haven't finishing last at 9-8. and eight. I still trust Mike Tom and all those guys. Okay, let's do the AFC East. Uh, the way I have it shaken out, Evan, Bills, Patriots, Dolphins, Jets. I got Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets, but I think the, the Patriots and the Dolphins are right there neck and neck about a win uh, separating those two. The Bills are going to be great. Josh Allen, I think, takes another step. I mean, he they do through for 37 touchdowns, almost over 4,500 yards last year. I still think he can get better. Yeah. Uh, I love I love the pickup of Emmanuel Sanders, too, uh, to help that wide receiver group. Um, for me, I'm honestly, the Patriots might be the team that I am most curious about this year because I don't know how it's going to go. Mac Jones, I didn't love him as a prospect, but I think that he is going to fit the system in New England very well. He's got weapons. He's got Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, the two tight ends they signed in the offseason. I just, honestly, I, I really don't know what to think about the Pages. I think that they have a great coaching staff, and I think they have a good roster. Their defense is going to be good again. They got a couple guys back who had sat out last year because of COVID. Um, I think that they could be a wild card team. I don't think they give the Bills a run for their money, but um, I think they could be a wild card team. The Dolphins, I think, are a good roster. I. For me, the the Dolphins' fate lies on Tua. I think that that's how it. I think a lot of people see see it the same way. If he can be a, honestly a game manager or a little bit better, they have a, a good enough roster to make the playoffs. I don't think they can make a run, but he's he's the ultimate you know piece there that that he dictates everything. I think for the Miami Dolphins and then the Jets. I think Zach Wilson actually will impress people. I think that he was kind of slept on. You know, after the draft, Fields had gotten a lot of attention, and obviously Trey oh, Zach, Lance. Then Zach's be, Zach's a better quarterback than Justin right now. Yeah, I think so too. I think that he's going to impress a lot of people. I think he already did against the Packers in the preseason. Well, and again, um, but when I say better quarterback, you we got to remember these definitions. There is guys that are better quarterbacks, and there's guys that are better football players. Justin Fields to me is probably a better football player right now than Zach Wilson. He might be able to make some more plays. He's got like this gut instinct about him. He's taken big hits and he's been in big games. But the way the ball comes out of Zach Wilson's hand, everybody, it is different. It is legitimately different. It spins out of his hand in a different way. Um, I, I believe week seven or eight when I was watching BYU, I was like, oh, if the Patriots get Zach Wilson, it's over. It's over. And then he ended up going second overall, luckily to the Jets. And I think the Jets actually, I think in 10 years, if I had to put money on somebody right now, and I said this before the draft, then the draft happened and I got talked out of it by a few people um, because it just seems so unlikely. But no, I believe it, man. Especially after seeing him in the preseason. I think in 10 years, the best quarterback from this class is going to be Zach Wilson. I think it's going to be Zach Wilson. And it, that'd yeah. be a lot easier prediction if it weren't for the New York Jets, but I think it's going to be Zach Wilson. Now, 
I think Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are, are going to be Pro Bowl All-Pro players, right? I just think Zach Wilson, he's got the things that are repeatable and consistent. He is mobile. He's fluid. He's big enough in the pocket. He's got, he's accurate. He takes hits under pressure. He's got that, it's all those things you look for in a quarterback. He has. The, my problem with Trevor Lawrence is he's too rigid. He's too rigid. He's very straight up and down. He doesn't feel like he's fluid in the pocket. It, it, you know, Tom Brady's very rigid, but I don't think comparing anybody to Tom Brady, but Tom Brady even has more fluidity than Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence looks like he's got a plank taped to his back. Like he just looks so stiff. And I just don't know if that's going to be as good. Justin Fields to me doesn't have that pinpoint laser beam accuracy on just regular drop back and throw to where can he execute an offense from the pocket as a 67% completion percentage passer? I don't know. But to me, Zach Wilson has every tool to be a modern NFL quarterback. I think he will be the best quarterback in this class when it's all said and done. But I think the Jets will be last in the AFC East. Let's move to the NFC South, Evan, so we don't get too far behind on these divisions. I have Bucks, Panthers, Saints, and Falcons as the order in that division. This one, other than the Buccaneers, who we saw get their first victory of the season on Thursday night, other than the Buccaneers, this division is very hard to predict to me. Saints lost a lot because of a salary cap situation. Panthers changed their quarterback. They're in the second year of Matt Rule. Falcons have themselves a new head coach in Arthur Smith. Um, and they do have a lot of big names, and you feel like they're going to put up points again, but does anybody trust this Atlanta team? I am clueless on this division, other than the Buccaneers are going to finish first. Um, the I, other three teams are complete wild cards to me. Right. I think I think you're, you're completely right. The Bucs are the only constant in this division. I think that the Saints have a good roster. Do I trust Jameis Winston? I don't know. Uh, the Panthers, same question. Do you trust Sam Darnold to lead that offense? I don't know. Matt Ryan's getting old. He's got weapons. How is that defense going to play? There, there's question marks everywhere in the NFC South right now. I had the division shaking out the same way that you do. The Bucks, Panthers, Saints, Falcons. I think the Saints and the Panthers are neck and neck. Um, I think they both can compete for a wild card in the NFC. I think they could be a good enough team to do that. But I also think that both those teams can be top 12, top 10 picks this year in the ne- in next year's draft. So I there's a ton of wild cards in this division. I think my one thing is I think that Calvin Ridley for Atlanta is going to establish himself as a top five receiver this year. I think that he's going to be uh, he's going to benefit the most from that Julio Jones departure there. Um, and I honestly, I'm not going to lie. Here's a bold prediction: I think Sam Darnold is going to be the QB of the future for Carolina. I can't say right now that I'm extremely you know, confidence into being all pro type of guy, but I think that he's going to play well enough this year and well enough in that system with those weapons that, you know, they bring him back and they want to roll with him in the future. So this is, this whole division to me is, is a question mark and I'm excited to see how it plays out. Cause I think that these teams can be fun to watch. I just don't know exactly how it go besides Tampa Bay being a, a 12, 13 win team. Yeah. My favorite player on the Panthers, PJ Walker, that XFL alum tearing it up with the Houston Renegades. I remember how fun that season was um, before COVID-19 hit. Uh, I think the Saints could be there, though, with Jameis. But uh, the problem is they they had to restructure so much after the salary cap. I mean, there's there's Saints players all over the NFL this year, <laughs> all over the NFL this year. Right. Um, because they had a nice exit. It's kind of the opposite of what happened with New England. New England gets six guys back on defense. Saints lose about six guys on defense. So 
I just I don't I don't necessarily trust the Saints. And Sean Payton hasn't been a bona fide eleven win guy his whole career. When they don't have the defense figured out, even with Drew Brees breaking passing records, they were still going eight and eight. So uh, this could be a situation that turns a little south um, in New Orleans. Plus, they've got the horrendous situation they're dealing with with Hurricane Ida and another recovery from a hurricane um, that's going to be difficult on everybody in the organization and their family. So let's move on to the NFC East, another really unpredictable division. This one might surprise you, Evan, and we can discuss it if it does. I have the New York Giants winning this division. And I have Washington finish second, Dallas finishing third, and the Eagles finishing in last. And last night's game from Dallas doesn't change my opinion on them whatsoever. I think they were picking on a very weak Tampa Bay secondary that was dealing with some injuries. Um, I think the Giants, to me, this they could also be a four-win team. I don't really trust Daniel Jones. I like it just feels like this division is going to be one ugly. I think it's going to be one ugly. And to me, there's something about Joe Judge and winning ugly. I don't know. I just think it's going to be an eight or nine win team that wins this division. And I think the Giants can get to eight or nine wins. It's going to be a bunch of one score games in between the division teams that decides it, as it usually is every year. I'm not a believer in the Cowboys. And I'm not a believer in Ryan Fitzpatrick's consistency. So I'll go with Saquon Barkley and the Giants. Yeah, that does surprise me a little bit. I, I think the Giants actually do have the potential to win the division, like you said. I don't see it happening. I don't, I don't trust Daniel Jones. I, I, I don't have any reason to trust Daniel Jones. And Saquon Barkley, I love his talent. Is he fully healthy yet? I don't know. And who's their other running back, Devontae Booker? They can have an okay run. I don't know. I don't trust Daniel Jones. I don't trust the offense. The defense looks good. Their defense surprised me a little bit last year. I think they played pretty well down the stretch. I got Dallas winning this division, but not by much. Uh, I and they can't. Their defense is just. They they got turnovers yesterday, but it's you know their defense scared me. Brady picked them apart, um, but but this division's so bad. It, it's I mean these teams are going to be trading wins and losses you know all over the place. I think Washington's going to have a top three, top five defense in the NFL, um, but can Ryan Fitzpatrick and that offense do enough to win them football games? Yes and no. I don't know if I trust them enough to win the division like they did last year. I think Dak comes back, and I think if Dak stays healthy, the Cowboys will win this division just because they're going to put up points. That's what they're going to do, and their defense is going to have to get stops eventually, and if they do, they'll win. If they don't, they'll lose. Um, The Eagles, I think, the Eagles are Deshaun Watson away from being a legit contender in this division. I don't know about that either. I think that, in in my opinion, I think that if they if they brought in Deshaun Watson, my my opinion on this division would change just because I think that this team would this offense would be different. Jalen Hurts, I, I like Jalen Hurts. I like him. If you're a fantasy football player, I like him. He's not gonna win you football games, in my opinion. But maybe maybe it surprises me. That's my thing. Is I, I it's another division. I don't know because all these teams have so many question marks and there's so many different ups and downs in this division. I don't know. I think Dallas does end up winning it just because of their offense and just because of the lack of talent in this division. Yeah, and it, the division sucks. I think all four teams could finish in last place in other divisions in the in the NFL. Um, that's my honest opinion. I think I think Cowboys fans are delusional if they think they're a really good team. I think yeah, I, because here's what happens with the Dallas Cowboys. It happens every single year, Evan. Wherever their player is ranked, like where they should be, like if if CD Lamb is actually the 15th best receiver in the NFL, which is probably being general. But let's say he's the 15th best receiver in the NFL. 
because he's a cowboy, we rate him in our head as the eighth best receiver because he's just more known. Same thing with Zeke. Same thing with Dak. Same thing with the offensive line. Same thing with Micah Parsons. Same thing with defensive players. Same thing with corners. Because they're a cowboy, they're going to be about 20% more highly rated than they should be. And I just think, I don't think it's a good roster. I don't. And I watched last night, and if Jamal Dean wasn't on the field for Tampa Bay, they would have got blown out. They would have got blown out. I mean, they threw eight straight times to one player. That's how much of a liability was on the back end for Tampa Bay. Eight straight times to one player. And you tell me that Mike McCarthy is going to be the best coach in the division when you have Ron Rivera in there. I just, I don't trust it. That's my, that's my complaint with Dallas. Mike McCarthy, I, he, he might be the worst coach in the division, and Nick Sirianni from Indianapolis is a new head coach in Philadelphia. I mean, Mike McCarthy, I, he, he's going to hold them back, I think. I, I mean, obviously, their offense, or their defense, excuse me, will hold them back as well, other things. Mike McCarthy, I was not impressed with, with some of his decision-making yesterday. Um, and I, I don't think that any team in this division is going to go into the playoffs and win a playoff game. I th- honestly, I think that whoever wins this division – like last year, will be a one-and-done in the playoffs. I think they'll go in and they'll lose a playoff game that they host uh, because they won the division because there's just not enough talent. There's enough division team to get out of here and win a playoff game. So yeah. it can go any four ways, I think. Philadelphia is probably the least likely, but I think that, you know, who knows with this? Who knows with the NFC East anymore? Okay, let's go through the Wests. We're down to the Wests. Let's do this really, really quick so we can get to the spreads, so we can try to fit it all in. Over the next 10 minutes. Uh, Chiefs, Raiders, Chargers, Broncos is how I have the West playing out. I think Denver is, you can book him as last place. I think that we are underrating Derek Carr and overrating Justin Herbert. Derek Carr had a lot of what's called repeatable numbers. Um, and that this is from Pro Football Focus to where the things that Derek Carr was good at last year are the things that tend to repeat year after year, meaning Derek Carr's success will repeat. Justin Herbert gets the benefit of the rookie season to sophomore season jump, but the areas that Justin Herbert was top five in the league in, it's very hard for a quarterback to repeat being top five in the league in those numbers. In fact, it's very rare. Not even Patrick Mahomes has had the ability to repeat in some of the numbers that Justin Herbert has, like throws under pressure, deep throws, anything like that. So I think Justin Herbert is in for a jump and regression at the same time, and he'll be very much the same player. And that same player only won seven games um, for Los Angeles. And this is a tough, tough division. And I think the Raiders are desperate. I think John Gruden's desperate. I think Derek Carr is desperate to be proven um, like he can compete. They competed with the Chiefs last year. I think the Chiefs are the class of the division. That's my AFC West. I'll do my NFC West real quick, and then you can run through yours. I have Seattle winning that division. I just picked the best quarterback. Um, because this is such a great division, and Seattle had such a great defense on the back end of the year. Rams have a great defense and a good quarterback. I li- I don't trust Cliff Kingsbury, but I'll go ahead and put Arizona third um, because, I don't know, I just don't know who to put fourth place in this division. And I think Jimmy, Jimmy G, Trey Lance is the worst quarterback situation of the four, so I'll put them at fourth, probably an eight or nine win team in fourth. So those are my Wests, Evan. How about yours? Yeah, my AFC West is going to be the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Broncos, and the Raiders. I think they're three and four, but I think they're 
neck and neck. I think they're close there. I don't think either team, either of those teams, are going to be a playoff team. I think they're going to be, you know, an average, you know, seven and ten, maybe eight and nine team for both of them. I think I think this is a very good division actually. I think that there's a lot of talent here. The Chiefs are obviously going to win it. I think the Chargers, the biggest storyline, uh, was upgrading the offensive line. I loved what it did there, and I agree with your point about Justin Herbert. I think that it, it's. We're going to see a, a regression of some sort, but we're also going to see, you know, obviously see another jump. I think he's going to be good, but not as, you know, he gained a lot of popularity from last year going into this year. I think the Raiders, uh, like you mentioned, are desperate. But for me, it's the same thing with the Raiders every year. You know, you come into the season, you really don't know what to think. Could they be a playoff team? Yes, but, you know, they also might be bad. They're going to surprise people. They're going to win some some close games that they probably shouldn't, like they did last year, but they're not going to be a playoff team. They just, I, don't, I just don't think they have it. Their defense isn't good enough. I don't love John Gruden as a coach. Um, and the Broncos, I like their defense. I don't love Teddy Bridgewater. I think he's just the safe option. I think that uh, I don't I don't love their offense. I like Jerry Judy a lot, but I, I don't think they do, I just don't think they have enough talent. They're not going to win the close games against the Chiefs or the Chargers in this division, and so I think that's what's going to be their downfall there. And then at the NFC West, this is I mean this is such a good division. This is the best division in football in my eyes. Um, I got uh, the Rams are winning the division. I think the Rams win the division and they edge out Seattle because of the defense. I think that their defense, Aaron Donald in the front, Jalen Ramsey. Seattle's defense, we remember when they added Carlos Dunlap, when they added Jamal Adams on the back end, and they've continued to add to that defense. Seattle's defense was neck and neck with Los Angeles there at the back end of the season. I I think Seattle's defense has a chance to be better than the Rams this year. See, I just don't see. I I just don't see a way that they can consistently do that, especially against teams like this in the division. I, I don't know. I I trust Aaron Donald, you know, anchoring that D line for for Los Angeles rather than you know you know over Jamal Adams, who's probably the best player on that Seattle defense, um, or Bobby Wagner. I guess you could you know make an argument for as well. Um, but I, I don't know. I see the Rams winning close games. I think they're a team that I think that uh, Safford's going to be huge for them. I think that he's going to he's going to have a great season. They got weapons. Um, I like the Gerald Everett pickup for Seattle. It's nothing crazy, but I think that it adds a vertical threat at tight end if he can you know uh, if he can really get out there and play and play a role for him. Um, and then for me, I got uh, San Francisco in third, Arizona in fourth. My big thing for San Francisco, the Trey Lance era is when and not if. It's when this year it's when and not if. I think that at some point he's going to up Garoppolo and I think going to come and absolutely tear things apart. I think he's going to be great. I think he fits this this this, uh, this system here perfectly. I think they have weapons on offense. I think they have playmakers on defense. I think that they'll be a sneaky uh, uh, top one or two wildcard team in the NFC. And then Arizona, I like a lot too. I think they have uh, some holes. I think Kyler Murray is going to be great. But again, it's such a tough division. They're, they get the, the, the short end of the stick here, and they're going to be fourth in the division for me. Yeah, it just feels like there's two divisions, NFC West and AFC North, that are just beyond everybody else. Um, to me, when when we go through this, I mean, those are the two that it's like. Phew, those are two that stand, that stand out. It's like you know, any any team in these divisions can really make a run and, and win this. So, I think the NFC West is probably better than the. I don't know. It just depends on how much you believe in the Bengals. I, I think it, if if you're looking at it at, at, based off of talent now and not potential. NFC West, but if you're looking at it off of a potential of what could be, and how good the Bengals could be if Burrow, you know, is healthy and plays up to his standards, maybe the AFC North. They're, they're both they're top two, I think, kind of undisputedly as the top two best divisions in football. Yeah, and you got elite quarterbacks, everything going for it. Okay, let's go ahead and go through these spreads. 
This is not what we'll do every every Friday. Actually, we'll do the spreads, but then we'll have another topic because we won't have all the division predictions to go through. But I think it's important. Real quick, Evan, do you have your Super Bowl pick? Do you want to share that, or do you want to chew on it here for like three or four seconds? Let me chew on it here. Let me let me let me let me think of something here. See what I can see happening. Give me a few seconds to, to figure I, I, something no, out. This is what I'm definitely going to do. Because um, my I have my NFC team locked in my head. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be the team that represents the NFC. Um, I think Tom Brady is throwing harder than he ever has. I think his release time is quicker than he ever has, and I think that's incredible. I think he's working on more information than he ever has, and I think he has the best weapons he ever has, and he has one of the top five defenses he's ever played with. So you go ahead and bet against that. Um, I'm going to go with the Buccaneers out of the NFC. Out of the AFC, God, the AFC is so competitive. This is such a tough pick. Um, no, I said it last night. I think I'm going to stick with it. I hate it, too. Oh, Evan, I'm really going to do this. Oh, no. I'm going to vomit. Do it. <laughs> I think the Browns are going to upset the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. Wow. Wow. That's tough to do. That's tough to say right there, right? Because, well, here's the thing. The Browns were the team that was due for regression this year. They, they had a negative SRS, which is the simple rating system on pro football reference. They had a negative SRS. That means they were, they were actually a below-average football team in a lot of metrics. They just found ways to win games. And I didn't like their roster on the back end. And I just didn't really like what was going forward. And I was going to pick them as a team for regression. But to me, Devansky's got his shit together. And this organization has it all together. And they had, to me, one of the best off-seasons in the NFL. So they fixed all those holes that I thought were going to lead to regression. They have the best offensive line in the league. They have the best running back to win the league. They have a quarterback that's good enough to win a Super Bowl on this team and in this situation. As soon as they pay Baker, it's over. There's no more window. Baker's not good enough to win a Super Bowl on his own. Um, but certainly good enough to win one on this team. Certainly good enough to win one on this team. And I think they improved on the back end. And I think that I, I think they'll probably represent the AFC because that just sounds like the final price I have to pay as a fan before I get a Bengals Super Bowl is watching the Browns win one. The last challenge you got is you got to watch Cleveland hoist the Lombardi. That would be tough. But, but I haven't um, a Super Bowl pick right in years. So this is my, yeah. I might have just screwed them. Hey. You know, it, it, it's a tough thing to predict the Super Bowl. But here's the thing: I'm going to go Tampa Bay too. I think that they're the, when you when a team that wins a Super Bowl in the previous year, it's only been done six times prior where they've brought back all 22 starters and offense and defensive coordinator with the same head coach. It's 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 very unheard of. And this team did it. I think that they didn't lose any of their depth guys either. Like they're you know they still have they brought all back twenty two starters, but they have all their depth guys. They got brought back. in Gio Bernard, which I think is going to play a huge role. You didn't see a ton yesterday. I think he's going to play a big role in that Brady offense. Um, I think they're going to be back. I think they're going to be back. I think they're just too good of a roster. Brady's still playing at a high level. Um, I think they're going to be back. Um, the Super Bowl um, and I think that Josh Allen and that offense is going to 
be able to get it done. I, I don't know what it is. It's almost a gut feeling for me, but I think that this is Buffalo's year to get to the Super Bowl, although I think they lose. I think Tampa Bay takes it home again, second straight year. They're just too good. They're too good. Another Super Bowl. It's 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 the easy answer, but it's the answer that I think is going to happen. I think that Tampa Bay, Brady's playing. He's 44 years old, playing at this high of a level with this good of a defense, with this good of a supporting cast, and a great coaching staff with guys that he has known That's and me. won a Super Bowl with last year. Don't put the Bills in a Super Bowl just for them to lose. They can't handle it. They can't. I know. Oh, them. it, it Buffalo, Buffalo. Poor Buffalo. I I I'll, I feel for them. And I will feel for them if this happens. But their windows. I mean, Josh Allen's a stud. They're they're, they're going to be competing for that for years to come. I think. But Tampa Bay. That they're. I think they're the best roster in football. I think that you know, a great coaching staff. Brady's playing at this high of a level. It's it's hard for me not to pick them. Okay, we're way behind, but let's do some spreads. Uh, let's try to get it done. I'm just going to ask, and you pick. All right. Yep. Arizona plus three on the road against Tennessee. That's Arizona plus three. That's that's an easy one for me there. Over Tennessee? Yeah. You got the Cardinals finishing last. You know, last year, I, division champions went 8-0 and in week one last year. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. And then the only two teams that made the playoffs that lost week one lost to other playoff teams. Really? So that's definitely not going to happen again this year. But, you know, week one can be a little more important than we think. Yeah. No, I I think Tennessee's defense is going to struggle with Kyler Murray. That's what I think is going to happen. And I think Arizona takes that one. I'm going to go Tennessee minus three. Uh, I think Mike Vrabel's way more buttoned up than Cliff Kingsbury. And that week one game, you always try to go with a better coach because they've had some time to prepare. Seattle, Indianapolis, Indianapolis at home plus three. This one's tough for me. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Seattle minus three on the road. I think that even though you know Colts are at home, I don't love Carson Wentz, and I think the Seattle's offense is gonna come in there. He's definitely not healthy either. No, 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 not at all. And and is I don't even know you know how is Quinn Nelson? How you know they've got they've had they have a couple issues there that they got to really get figured out. Um, I like Seattle in that game. Yeah, I like Seattle too. I'm worried about all these home teams though because of the crowds. There's a lot of emotional factor that it's going to be hard to really calculate in our brains here. I mean, I think that we could see a very big home week this week because it's been so long since these players have played in front of fans, so long since quarterbacks have dealt with a road crowd. And that's why I'm going to pick Washington minus one against the Chargers. Justin Herbert hasn't dealt with a loud crowd yet, and that was one of his criticisms. Um, at Oregon is when the pressure ratchets up and the, the hype gets going in the stadium. How can he handle that? I'm sure he'll be fine, but I think that it won't necessarily be easy against that Washington front. And I think uh, the football team is going to take it against the Chargers minus one. I think so too. I think that Washington's defense is going to smother Justin Herbert and that home presence is going to add to it. And I think, I mean, you know, Austin Eckler has not practiced the last two days. That would be Big because he's their. I think he's their best playmaker on offense. Keenan Allen's great, but without Eckler, you really don't have a run game, and you don't have a guy who can catch the ball like him coming out of the backfield. I think Washington's defense really gets the best of the Chargers' offense in that game. Houston, Jacksonville, just pick this one. We don't need to talk about it. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Jack. I just saw plus three. Yeah, I'm going Jack. I'm going Jacksonville. Stay away from this one. 
Yeah. This will be a special teams touchdown, <laughs> mess you up type of game. Do not spend your hard-earned money on Houston Jacksonville. Right. Jets. Good advice right there. <laughs> Jets, Panthers. Jets are plus four on the road uh, against Carolina. Who you got? I'm going to go Carolina minus four. I don't love, I don't love it, but I think that Carolina at home is going to, is going to take it. I think Sam Darnold wants to play well against his former team too. Rookie quarterbacks lose their debuts. It's very, 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 very hard for a rookie quarterback to win their debut, especially when it's week one. It's almost never done. Um, Literally almost every great quarterback ever. Cam Newton threw for 400 yards and still lost in his rookie debut. Um, so I, I agree with you there, Carolina minus four. Pittsburgh, Buffalo. Pittsburgh is plus six and a half against the Bills. So I, I guess we see where Vegas rates the Bills and the Steelers. I, I'm going to go Pittsburgh plus six and a half in this game. See, I'm different. I like Buffalo. I like, but I don't know why, uh, but I like Buffalo. I think they're going to. I think they're going to fairly easily win this game. I think that. Uh, Josh Allen's going to come out. He's going he's gonna to dominate. I don't, and I don't think the Steelers' offense is going to play well. I think Ben Roethlisberger just said he, there's, you know, there's going to be kinks to work out in their offense. And if when your when your starting quarterback publicly is coming out and saying that, I'm like, uh, I don't know. I'm going to stay away from Pittsburgh in that one. I'm going to go Buffalo. I didn't know he said kinks. Eh, I'm still going to stay with Pittsburgh. Why? Because Buffalo's home crowd will turn from highly supportive and energetic <laughs> mafia will never be angry at this team to their down seven nothing against Pittsburgh and the last memory they have is them getting absolutely shellacked in the AFC championship game and all of a sudden there'll be a little bit of pressure there at Orchard Park okay it's not going to be all sunshine and rainbows for <laughs> in Buffalo the pressure comes and it comes quickly Minnesota Cincinnati Cincinnati at home getting three points uh, I'm taking the Bengals plus three. Actually, I'm not supposed to. I'm supposed to take the Vikings because it's 29. I predicted 29-24. I don't know. When I'm looking at the line, though, I, I'd stay away from this one as well. Um, but I'll pick Minnesota minus three. I don't, I don't really like it. Yeah, I don't like this one either. I think that this is a game that it could go either which way. I, honestly, this is, I, I think this is a game with a weird score. I think this is going to end with a weird score, a funky score. I think that I like Minnesota. I don't love it. I don't love the line, but I think Minnesota wins by a touchdown. So I don't love that line. I don't like that line at all. At all. Of these, are there any that you're like sprinting to bet? Honestly, Washington minus one is the tastiest of me that I've seen so far um, of these lines. Washington minus one to me is, is, is definitely where I'm going to be putting some of my, my butter on my bread. That's yeah. Cool. I like, I like that one. Honestly, the green Bay line, you looking at the one that's three and a half. Uh, da, da, da. Oh, that's down here. Uh, yeah. Minus three and a half against. I, li- I like that one a lot. I think green Bay goes in there wins by a, a, a nice margin there. I think that they, that's a pretty easy one for me. Yeah. I like green Bay minus three and a half too. I think that's a solid bet. Jameis Winston first start at home. Uh, we don't know. It's not going to be their home stadium. It's going to be somewhere else. Jacksonville. Yeah, in ja- it's going to be weird for New Orleans, and it's just mm-hmm. going to be an easy situation to handle for Green Bay. Uh, so I like that one as well. Uh, the Giants getting three points at home against Teddy Bridgewater and the Broncos, I like that as well. Um, what do you think there, Giants-Broncos? That one I like. I, I See, I, me, as, me personally, I'd stay away from it. I, again, Giants-Broncos, I think it could end up being a weird game. But uh, 
if I had to pick a winner there, I'd, I'd, I'd probably take Giants. I think it just because they're at home, and I think that, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't love the Broncos offense, so I think I'd, I'd go Giants there. Niners minus nine against Detroit. Are you going to take the Niners? Are you going to stay away? Because I don't see any situation where a rational man bets Detroit. No, I'm going Niners there. I, I, again, I don't know if I'd bet on it because that's I, I don't love the huge lines like that, but San Francisco is going to win that game fairly easily. Yeah, he might get a backdoor touchdown. Cleveland, Kansas City, probably the most interesting game of the weekend, I think. Uh, rematch of the AFC divisional round that was really, really close. Actually, the closest game of the playoff run for Kansas City till actually the closest game because they got blown out in the Super Bowl. Cleveland plus five and a half in this game. Is that surprising to you? And are you going to take the Browns? That is surprising to me. I, I, I'm surprised that Kansas City's got five and a half on them, but I'm going to take Cleveland. I, I, you know, I, I think five and a half is a big margin for that game. And I don't think that Kansas City is five and a half points, even at home, better than Cleveland right now. And so I think the Cleveland defense goes in there and they have a good plan. And they, and they, uh, they give, I think, I think Kansas City wins, but I think it's like a three point game or so. I think Cleveland is, is in it till the end. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take Kansas City minus five and a half. Andy Reid is unbeatable week one. Um, I think it, there's a chance it could be close. I'm not super confident in that, but minus five and a half, Kansas City, I like it. Okay, we've got a couple more games here, just three more. Miami, New England. Miami is plus three on the road against the Patriots in Foxborough. I know I just said rookies don't win their debut, but if there's any rookie that's going to win their debut this week, it's going to be Mac Jones, and it's going to be the New England Patriots. Um, this is essentially a pick 'em with New England getting the three at home. What do you think? This one, these AFC East games. I'm gonna go Patriots. I, I don't love it. I, I like it. Dolphins got the Deshaun Watson thing. Tua's not named a captain. I, I just the Patriots at home. Bill Belichick week one. I think this is actually turning in as I talk here to one of my favorite. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I don't love it because of Mac Jones. I think that, like you said, the rookie quarterback thing scares me, and, I, and Miami's got a decent defense. But the Pats at home, Belichick week one, Page, or the Miami's, you know, they got some stuff going on there too. I don't know how Tua's going to play. I'm going to go Patriots. See, I just think Mac Jones has the most chance to be successful as a rookie because he knows who he is. He knows who he is. When Tua came into the league, he did not know who he was. He didn't realize he was that small. He didn't realize that he was that slow in comparison to these NFL players. Mac Jones has no confusion in his brain that he's an athlete out there. None. He is not. He, he's not out there thinking that he's going to run around and make plays. Even Joe Burrow last year in the first game against the Chargers had that weird shovel pass underneath. Now, Justin Herbert was a good enough athlete to be running around, so it didn't matter for him. Won't matter for Justin Fields, Trey Lance. They should be running around. But Mac Jones is going to play within himself, no doubt, because that's who he's been. That's what's made him successful. And I think he's got Bill Belichick there. I think he he's going to have the best season this year in terms of wins, losses of all the rookies. Uh, that, that does not mean he'll be the best quarterback. I just think he ended up in the best situation. So I take Mac Jones minus three. We'll save the Bears for the last as the one headed out of here on our Chicago podcast on the shore. So how about the Monday night game? The Manning brothers calling that one. Vegas getting four points plus four at home against the Baltimore Ravens. I, what's your what's your feeling on this game? See, here's the thing. I Baltimore, I mean, I like them. The injury bug. Oh, my. 
Yeah, it, first it, time it, with fans inside that Vegas stadium. Right, and and that's the thing. The atmosphere is going to be in favor of uh, of the Raiders. I, I, if the Gus Edwards and Marcus Peters injuries yesterday had not happened, and I felt more confident about about that defense, even though I think they're going to be great, even without Marcus Peters, the injuries scare me a little bit. I would have gone Baltimore yesterday. Today, I'm going to go Vegas. The atmosphere is going to be great for them. I think Derek Carr finds some holes in that secondary. I don't, again, another game I don't love, but I think the Vegas Vegas will take that one plus four. I think the Raiders getting points at home, I would have picked even with Marcus Peters. It's even more of a reason to pick it now. I think the Raiders are highly underrated. Derek Carr had a 70% completion percentage last year, ladies and gentlemen. 70%. Go look at his numbers. Go look at his numbers. There's 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 a world where we all could get really excited about Derek Carr. And just because his last name's Carr, I think we've decided not to. Okay. <laughs> final game of our pick'em and the final topic of our podcast. Evan, it's been an excellent one. Chicago plus seven and a half against the Rams minus seven and a half. Uh, the Bears on prime time, week one, Andy Dalton. No chance. No chance. I, I, I can't. I can't do it. In, in Los Angeles, the, the Rams are gonna the Rams are gonna quite frankly, I think, embarrass Chicago. I love my Bears, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough one to watch, I think. And I I, I it's it's not gonna be good. I got Rams in that one. This is the worst version of Andy Dalton. He's gonna have pressure in his face up the middle. Um, and it's gonna be on prime time. And it's gonna be on the road. And, <laughs> oh man. And it's going to be on the West Coast. If you combine elite defensive player up the middle, West Coast and prime time in Andy Dalton's career, his passer rating is probably under 75. It, it's it, like the worst situation possible for him. And the thing about it is, is Andy is desperate to play well enough to have the first home game because the Bengals come into town. And I think right. he really, 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 really wants to play that game. And I think Matt Nagy really, really, really wants Andy to play that game as well. Um, so, but if you play too bad against Los Angeles, they're like, well, why don't we start Justin Fields against the Bengals who um, have had numerous rushing quarterback debuts against them go crazy. Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson won their first game against the Cincinnati Bengals. I believe their first wins of their career, both of them, um, if I remember that correctly. So it's a big week for Andy Dalton. I'm going to go Rams minus seven and a half. Aaron Donald and the Bears offensive line is quite possibly the worst combination you could have going into week one. It's not good. I'm nervous. I'm scared. But I'm also excited. Football's back. The Bears are back. I, you know, Even though it's going to be a tough game to watch, I'm pumped and I'm ready for this year. Yeah, and I can't wait to see you react to the Bears all year long. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a roller coaster. I promise you that. You get to see me react to the Bengals. It's all fun and games. All fun and games until everybody's 0-3. <laughs> right exactly hopefully it will be a fun weekend thank you so much for listening to on the shore this will be our longest show we do all year no doubt about it um but we had to get all the predictions out there and make sure that we were on the record for it all so that we can brag about it later hopefully um, right we got the receipts or you can embarrass us either way or we can embarrass each other it's all fun and games evan thank you so much man awesome stuff today thank you so much to everybody out there for listening on the shore is back this is like our second or third restart but we'll keep doing the show and we'll never give up it's gotta push through never give up